Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I'm Gabriel Morency. Alongside the Raging Red at Camp Stewart. We've still got soccer going on as we speak. Yeah, goal! Although, I don't really know if this is soccer. No, it's more of a street fight. <laughs> Gabe, I'm waiting for somebody to whip out a knife for a foreign object. <laughs> Stabby. It's probably a good thing that Columbia <laughs> scored. Seagull! Yeah, we've yeah, got, he's pulling uh, up his sock. He's got a knife under there. We've got uh, we've got the Colombian call. Actually, we'll get to it in a second uh, here. So really, like this is uh, I think this is they sent the Colombian rugby team uh, to Russia. Colombia, this is you know this is as physical as it's going to get, man. Like, and honestly, it's a good thing Colombia scored with like a minute left because. I honestly, and I told Cam, like, right before they scored, I said, I think Columbia are going to attack the ref. <laughs> like, for real. Like, there was number 13 on Columbia, and it's been a couple of times, man, he's looked like he's going to punch the referee. Columbia have gotten away with a headbutt. They blatantly headbutted yep. somebody. <laughs> they, they tackled Harry Kane in the box, and then they cried about it for 10 minutes. Like, I've never seen a team bitch for so long. Like, they refused to let the game go on. Like Exactly. They, they thought, like, if we just sort of, you know, hold this up forever, they'll change their mind. <laughs> and, like, the ref's like, I'm not changing my mind. It was like one after one. Each Colombian guy came up. Like, two or three of them looked like they were going to attack the referee. And um, England had numerous chances, man. They came so close to taking a 2-0 lead so many times. I've noticed, Cam, a one nothing soccer lead, that's like the 2 nothing hockey lead. It's and not, as Don Cherry always says, yeah, two nothing, you're screwed. You never want to be up two nothing. <laughs> Me, I'd like to be up two nothing. I would too. Like if I'm a hockey coach, I don't believe that. Ah, no, we're in a bad spot, two nothing. Well, but there's so sort Sweden, of a, Sweden. It's it's different with certain teams though. There's too. an urban. It's like an urban legend yeah. in hockey, a myth, so to speak, that a two nothing lead, you're screwed if you're up two nothing, because you sort of take the pedal oh, off the yep. metal, and you know you yeah. think you're comfortable. Look at Japan yesterday. Two nothing lead. Yeah, yeah. And two nothing in soccer is a hell of a lot different than two nothing in hockey. Come on, might as well be four nothing, five nothing. Now England's uh, playing. Uh, now they want to rough it up. Yeah, this is great. This is like a we're, we should just get a cage match going here. See the Colombian fans almost went through the plexiglass when they scored. Yeah, they're right. There's going to be a riot. They're hardcore. They're, yeah, look at the, the booze is flowing. We've got a regular listener and a buddy of ours, Brandon uh, from St. Louis. He's uh, married to a Russian uh, woman. 
and uh, he's in Russia right now. Wow. He's tweeting. We should actually see if we can get him on. I don't know if his <laughs> cell phone works. Though. From Russia? Yeah. He's in the square in Moscow right now. He's tweeting pictures. Awesome. And he just tweeted a couple of minutes ago. He said, um, by far the Colombians are the rudest and biggest <laughs> dickhead fans in Moscow. <laughs> Like he's been there for about a week now, so he's yeah. been partying with all the different. He's met all, and, met the whole world. Yeah, and he said, by far the Colombians are the rudest, the, the surliest, and meanest. Yeah, and he's like, I hope they lose. Like people are pulling for England in in the square, which over is there. which is crazy. Yeah, I'm sure not everyone in Russia is pulling for, for England. England. No, they don't like England. No, they do not. Like they at do, all, they do not like England. Like, like, the fact that you like hate Colombia like, more is, is shocking. This is well, he's American, so yeah. Um, the thing, the thing that is is shocking about this is everything's coming up. Russia, Russia advances. They'd like nothing better than to see England get bounced. Right For now. sure, they would. Like just know. you know, just, just be the host yes. country. Yes, it would be like bye bye England. This man, this side of the group is wide open, dude. Sweden, Sweden, Sweden. Sweden, Sweden. No, it's Sweden, dude. They play a good team game. They uh, don't panic too much. Play defense. Dude, Sweden are a bunch of big dudes as well. They are very tall. Good call. They're they're very physical. They're a big side. They're very um you know, it's hard they're hard to score on. Switzerland are good, but Switzerland just didn't have any offensive firepower. They were missing yeah. two guys too due to suspensions. Lichtenstein and uh Schar were both out due to uh to card suspensions. Evidently it did hurt them. They got that guy Shakiri. Um, he's not really a pure striker, so I mean, and and it showed they just they couldn't get any offense uh, going when they needed it the most. This is high drama. I called this last night, Cam. I said that this game will be one-one. Yep. And I said that England will find a way to lose in, in the kick. most painful fashion in kicks. And oh, I call penalty kicks. Oh, yeah. they'll, they'll definitely. But lose now, the like this is the beginning of it, right? <laughs> they lost in the ninety-fourth minute, or they they gave up the goal in the ninety-fourth minute. Now they're all rattled and stuff. You know this is going to penalty kicks, and watch. They're going to lose. Like, they're going to put it off the crossbar, and it'll just be a weird sort of... The ball will hit the crossbar, not go in, and watch. Columbia will squib one, and somehow it'll, like... <laughs> go, he'll run, go, yeah, he'll go, go the wrong way. way. And it'll bounce yeah. off the he'll, post. you will fall off turf. Yeah, no, I tell you... I've it, been watching English soccer a long time. I remember years ago, Beckham. Beckham was in the World Cup, Cam, and it was a penalty kick. It might have been the Euro, actually. They've choked in both. Yes, I don't they know. have. Like, when it goes to kicks, you don't want England. No, they've lost in penalty kicks. In a, they lost, I think, in three international yep. tournaments in a row in penalty kicks. I remember once Beckham, I think it was the World Cup, Beckham, like, sailed one, man, like, into the 13th row, and he blamed Adidas after him. <laughs> He did. Got to be the shoes. He said, my shoe. I, I slipped. I didn't yeah. get a good. Yeah, settle, it's like, dude, Settle man, down. They're giving you like a billion dollars. Oh, yeah, relax. Yeah, like it's the shoe's <laughs> fault, right? Yeah. Was it the shoe's credit then when yeah, you made all we, those great passes? Yes, when you were bending it? Yeah, no, like Be- Beckham, like, oh, it was the shoe. Yeah, yeah, Beckham was the shoe. I believe Michael Owens, like, rattled one off a crossbar once in a big international. I think it was the Euro. He, he like, hit the crossbar. It's obviously not. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm talking that's about. Columbia just Dude. keeps on playing after the Dude, whistle. You can't do that. I like, know that's, you can't. They like all in stop. hockey. That's a fight. You can't like they oh. just should. 
The guy on Columbia. If, if you're my goalie and that guy shot it on you, I'm getting. Know what I'm going to do? I'm going to almost put my stick on, through his like, head. This is what I'm I saying know, about Columbia. They're unethical. Like it's basically the whistle blew. The, the whistle blew. The guy in Columbia <laughs> hey, drilled it into the we net. We scored. We scored. Yeah, like he just drilled it into the net. Like even the <laughs> unbelievable. I just watched. It wasn't for like one second. It was like oh, there's, they play forever. There's going to be bad blood. Oh, definitely. You're right. There's going to be a big fight. There's, fight, fight, there, fight. There's going to be bad blood. There's going to be bad blood, like, between the loser of this. And uh, Columbia, Columbia already pissed off because, um, uh, I don't know, one of the British tabloids had the picture. Um, it said England versus Columbia. And it said Columbia has uh, given us Shakira, the world's best coffee, and Kane. And it had a picture of Harry Kane. <laughs> but they meant cocaine. Cocaine, yes. <laughs> right? So there was sort of like a white. Yeah. It said Columbia. <laughs> things to know about Columbia. Shakira's from there. Really? They, they have, have no, good coffee. Yeah, they do. And, uh, and, it, and it said, er, like sort of dot, 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 <laughs> Kane. And it had a picture of Harry Kane. Right, like and, love, the Brits are the best. Yeah, so the like the, the, the the uh, the ambassador to England, yeah. Colombia is not impressed. No, not a big fan of the. Yeah, the he's paper. like, we don't appreciate your stereotype about us uh, and cocaine. Yeah, it's not really a stereotype; it's just fact. They have a lot of cocaine in yeah, Colombia. You should be proud of it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. the world's best cocaine. Hey, we got cocaine and coffee. You and I would say, I would say, no, 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 no. Not, not, we don't have cocaine. We have the goddamn yeah, best cocaine. World's best. Yeah, we have the world's best. Five star. You better get it right. Yeah. <laughs> you better get that right. <laughs> Funny, I've been thinking about moving to Colombia recently, but I'm hearing a lot of oh. bad things suddenly about I got to be friends. honest with you, Brandon. I got to swear, too. You can't make this up. Brandon said this. So this morning. And uh, Cam could attest to this. There's a lot of smoking chicks in this neighborhood. So. Oh, it's, it's out of control. So there was this chick wearing, like, these jean shorts and stuff. It was over the top, and she had a Columbia jersey on. So it was my end to start talking to her. Yeah. So I was at a light with her, and I looked over. I said, oh, go Columbia. And uh, I said, you know, I think you're going to beat England. England always find a way to lose. She just, like, she didn't say anything to me. Yeah. She just looked at me. She said, uh, well, we better win. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, pretty demanding chick. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like high maintenance. We're pretty, pretty demanding. Yeah, I got to be honest. As a friend, if you do move to Colombia, like just from what this is just one game, what I've seen, Marenzi. Like I know, like you're pretty, you can stand up for yourself. But I got to tell you, for a, from a safety no, I'm perspective, starting, I'm starting to rethink uh, yeah, I think you should rethink. <laughs> Or carry a machete on you. Yeah, they seem to be a pretty, uh, pretty angry people. Yeah, that's to be a say, Yeah, they're pretty surly. I told you the guy who owns a local bar that I used to work for is Columbia. Some drunk Brit came in and he had money on the opposite side. He almost put his head through the wall. I tell you, a lot of anger there. A lot of anger. You know the guy too. He's wearing his Columbia jersey. <laughs> Uh, I think my, I think my girlfriend might be at that bar now England watching are, this game. England are in a lot of trouble. I wouldn't be surprised if Columbia They score right here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Columbia's big deal is set pieces. Like, this is what they, they do to you. They grind you out, they grind you out, then they nail a corner kick and head it in. They got net. a couple tall, lanky guys yeah, yeah, there. Watch, watch. It's going to be a dangerous threat. Oh, oh. just why? That's their thing. Yeah. Headers, headers, offset pieces. Yeah, like they had like zero chances in the game. Like they oh, literally I know. Like I know. They created they did, they did nothing. 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 Their whole thing is let's get a free kick or a corner kick. And they're really good at it. 
they have a lot of tall dudes. Hey, they're athletic. They can jump. Sounds, and they're sounds, pretty accurate with their kicks. So they're like, all right, like that's how they tied the game camp. Sounds smart, Morenzi. You got to know. You got to play to your strengths. Like Sweden plays that game where they kind of like suffocate you on the man. If if you know your style, like with the Swedish coach yeah. even said, he goes, "We're not the most talented team. We're just gonna we're just gonna grind you down." Well, it's like Uruguay. Uruguay is. Not like Colombia, but Uruguay sense is Uruguay want to score early on you, and then Uruguay will come you out. Defense. They'll come out and ambush you early, like shoot, 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 and then they get a goal, and then they just put ten blue shirts up like in front of the yeah. box. It's like bring it on, try yeah, to beat yeah. us, enjoy the wall. Yeah, and they're very, very physical. Uruguay are the most physical team in the tournament. Colombia aren't physical. Colombia no, are just dirty. They're just goons. Yeah, like Colombia is just. <laughs> they're just street goons. They're not like it's a difference. <laughs> like Colombia. You're right. I'm, like, I told you about the foreign object. It's like a wrestling match. But right it, here. their plan has worked actually because England's frustrated and now England are the ones that yeah. are tripping and pushing. You know they've they've baited England into their. You got to remember Rodriguez isn't playing for Colombia. They yeah. don't have their best skilled yeah, player. True. They couldn't get into a flashy 2-2 game here. Like, this was their plan. Get it 1-1, get it to a draw, and let's see what can happen after this. You knew when Harry Kane scored that the Columbia wasn't out. This is classic England. They always find a way to screw it up. Always. The pub's right now. and Tot- oh, Tot- From Tottenham to yeah. Manchester. Yeah. High tension. <laughs> high tension. Oh, it's high tension, all right. I, I I have a parlay. I took. Uh, I have. Oh, 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 you're right. These headers are getting dangerous. They're getting yeah. more and more scary. Wow. This has been a great game. I'm glad uh, that yeah, we're going an extra yeah, time fun, here. Fun, fun game. This is beautiful. The timing's a little whacked out. Normally, it'd be great if Big Man joined us actually in a couple of minutes. Cause well, he's, what's he doing? Is he in Russia too? He's all in this. No, Big Man doesn't have a passport. Oh, oh so Russia. he's at home. <laughs> Somewhere. No, he's in Atlantic City. Oh, nice. He's jet skiing. He's living it up on the Jersey Shore. But uh, I know he's watching a game. No, but um, since we're not on tomorrow, um, because uh, the boys in the booth are soft, like I like to know like how we're, we're on like during a holiday. Yeah, but, we, we were Canada Day. Good for yeah, us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're charging. We're charging anyway. <laughs> nah. We can't do that. I oh, wish we could. All right. Yeah, well, the boys are stuffing their faces with hot dogs like Joey Chestnut and stuff. We won't be on tomorrow. So you're going to miss us when we're gone, you bastards. Um, so Mark Lawrence normally joins us Wednesday. So uh, Mark Lawrence going to join us today. And we move big man on campus to 5 o'clock because I thought this game would already be over by now. But would have been good to get big man out. We could have sort of done live yeah. play-by-play uh, through this. Interesting. Center, back to half back, half back, back to center. <laughs> holds it, Hold, holds it, it. holds it. Ariaga. <laughs> that Simpsons hat, that was the best. Are you ready for some soccer? The best was Homer. The World Soccer Federation. You're you are gay. The World Soccer Federation coming to Springfield. Fast kicking, low scoring. Ties, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> Ties, you bet. Yeah. What was it? Ariaga. Ariaga says, 2. <laughs> the names were the best, too. The World Soccer Federation. <sighs> Fast kicking, low scoring. Ties, Ties you, you bet. <laughs> and they'll all be signing autographs yeah. after the game. 
Ale Junga. Ale Inge. Ale Inge, too. Yeah, that's right. That's the best. Two. Bart says, wow. you know, Dad, how come we've never gone to a soccer game before? He's like, I don't know. I actually watched that episode the other night, but it's really not a soccer episode. That's like just the beginning uh, of it was actually Portugal versus Mexico. So yeah. there, there, a lot of people in Portugal, Mexico thought the Simpsons predicted the future yeah. of the world again. So you thought it wasn't like a it wasn't a soccer episode. That was just the beginning, and then of course like there was a riot. Right, that's right, and that led Homer to buy a gun. So it was ah, Homer. Homer, he kept gun. the gun in the in the crisper. That's right. Yeah. She goes, "I'm going to force you if you're going to use that." Yeah, damn she gun. kicks him out of the house. That's right. She leaves. He's living alone with his gun. gun. <laughs> so it wasn't really a soccer. It's more no. of a gun. Say it to me. Pleasure is to play. It makes no difference what you say. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. High drama right now in Russia. Locked up at one. They played uh, 15 minutes, so they played the first half of extra time. Of course, after 90 minutes, they play another additional 30 minutes, but they yeah. split it into two halves, 15 minutes. So it's not sudden death. No. Like, you can score and come back. Exactly. Or, you know, get scored on and come back, etc. Hell, if you're playing France, they can score four goals in 30 minutes. These British guys look nervous as hell. Yeah, they look the, like they're actually going to cry. The atmosphere has completely changed totally. uh, right now. The Colombians were just all sort of in a in a circle. It looked like they were praying and smiling, yeah. and they were you know kissing each other on the cheek <laughs> and stuff. They were sort of like like they were blessing each yes. other or something. And Britain were just sort of standing yeah. there, not saying anything to each other, sort no. of in shock. Like yeah. they looked bewildered. The coach of Colombia was giving them the old Bobby. Knight. I don't know what he was saying, Cam, but he was fired up, man. I, I, he, like, he was I like, like their coach too. Yeah, he was he he was ready to go. <laughs> Colombia have a lot of guys that have played in in these long uh, long games before too. They've been down this. Oh my God! Ooh. Chance by England right at the keeper. Unbelievable. That's a wasted opportunity. Sure was. Dude, you got to bury that. Guy looks like Ian Poulter. No, like, watch this. Right, yeah, in the, right in the middle there. Like, dude, watch this, dude. That's the World Cup. You got to finish. Come this. on, that yeah, that's right, right you in the what? middle. Not that you know. Of course, you and I are, we're yeah. soccer experts yeah, now. We sure are. I was gonna say uh, <laughs> he rushed it. He was alone. He You're could right. have taken a second Kinda and just got, got that little bit of panic. Oh, my God, I could win this thing. Uh, let's bring in a real soccer expert right yeah. now, Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. <laughs> Mark Lawrence. How you doing, Mark? Do we have Mark? 
I don't hear him. No. I guess that's a hard no. Hey, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, well, the, we're going to see what's going to happen in this. This this game, you said it, man. I, I don't know what's going on with England. They're rushing everything. They're, they're looking a lot sloppier than they were. But, uh, you know, Colombia's got a little bit of the mojo going right now. Like, just the, the faces, though, they, they, they look shocked. They also, England also seem to be a little bit more physically fatigued. They look more gassed than Colombia does right now. I think the heat and rush oh, is oh, starting yeah. to catch up to these Good British point. Guys. If you're from Colombia, you're dealing with sweltering temperatures. It gets hot in England, but not like Colombia. It's a little deceptive because most of these guys are in great shape. No, most of them all play in the same leagues. It's not like these Colombian guys all yeah. play in Colombia. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're playing in the EPL. The they're they're best, playing yeah. in Portugal. They're playing, you know, they're spread out around the world. A few teams actually stated, like Mexico of all teams, actually complained about the heat. And it was the same thing. You're figuring, how can Mexico complain about the heat? And they were saying, well, a lot of their players actually play in England. They're not. Ah, yeah, that's right. You know, they haven't been. In, you're and playing, not, you're yeah. playing for, like, uh, Southampton. Ooh, it's foggy and rainy yeah. and cold. But, yeah, you got to believe. Like, these, these Colombian guys, they're just used to the humidity oh. a little bit more. And oh, they grew, Yeah, at least when you're younger. At least when they're younger, I think they're used to it. But All right. Now we'll I see. believe uh, we've tracked down Mark Lawrence uh, right hey. now, our soccer expert. Yeah. Mark Lawrence joins us from Florida. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing pretty good, guys. Uh, the soccer toe's a little hurting right now with Columbia, but nonetheless, enjoying the World Cup games. I picked a draw, so I like that late goal, Mark. We, we picked a draw after 90 minutes. You know what's unbelievable now? There's been 22 matches in this tournament where it's been a scoreless draw after the first half, and it's always plus money. And, and O-Man is our official, like, statistician right now of the, of the game-time decisions in Boston. This guy's great. You should hire him for the university, Mark. Uh, he's, he's our <laughs> official numbers guy. He's putting in all the work. So he goes, after 56 games, the first goal of the game has been scored between the 46th and the 60th minute 16 times. Unbelievable. Wow. Like, you take that. In soccer, you can bet everything. When's the yeah. first goal, like, in 10-minute brackets? You take this. We're talking like that's sixteen, like plus three fifties, right there, Mark. This tournament's been a, a gambling bonanza, but it's it's like playing bingo. It's like playing keno. Nobody knows. Like they're even sharps. There's no. This is so random. This tournament, Mark, it's been crazy. But there's been a lot of fat paydays uh, to to be paid out of this tournament because there's been so many firsts, more penalty kicks. First time this happened. First time that happened. What a crazy ride this tournament's been. I know there's a lot of odds makers that are crying, and I don't know if it's because of the firsts, as you mentioned, Gabe, or the fact that uh, you know we're seeing big, juicy prices cashing on these tickets here. Uh, I don't know what the public's betting. Are they betting the square favorites, or are they betting the, these long shot dogs? I think people. I, I think favorites in parlays too, don't we? Yeah, you think? I think the favorites in the parlays, but people are starting to jump on the underdogs right now. They've caught on to this. I was going to ask you guys: Wouldn't Belgium hurt the books for futures if Japan won? No one would have Japanese futures compared to Belgium. Belgium no, futures. No, the sports books would like nothing better than Belgium and Brazil both, both to get out. Exactly. Brazil's their big liability, yeah. though. Let Let's get real. So we'll keep our eye on this right now. Is that they're in? Uh, they're in the second half of extra time right now in about 106, 107th minute. So let's jump in and talk some Big 12 uh, football right now uh, with uh, the best in the business here, Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Uh, you can get the uh, the preview, the upcoming football season preview um, 
on the website or it's available at a newsstand near you. So I'm um, looking at the Big 12 and looking at the win totals. We have the Oklahoma Sooners at 10.5. We've got uh, Oklahoma State at 8.5. Texas Christian at 8. they got a lot of rebuilding to do up there in Fort Worth. Uh, at 8, Manhattan. And I'm not talking uh, New York. Uh, K-State, 7. West Virginia. I don't know. West Virginia just feels a little low to me. Considering I think they could have a pretty explosive offense. That schedule is tough. Um, all right, these numbers are actually, some of them have been have been totally changed. Exactly. Texas is up to eight and a half right now. Yeah, I got uh, I got eight and a half for Texas. Do you have West Virginia seven? Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Where are you going to find a West Virginia seven now? Yeah. I, I like, oh, yeah, over. What are they? What is it now? Seven right. and a half? We'll, we'll get some uh, updated numbers. Right? <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, Mark, if I can find Texas seven, I'll, I'll bet a lot of money on that right now. Well, you won't find Texas 7, so keep it <laughs> I know, but you see, you know, it says, oh, they have Texas 7. No, they don't. I wish they don't. It's 8.5, Texas. All right. Yeah, so Texas, let, let's... It, opens, it actually opened 7 and a half at the south point and went up from that point. So All I right, think 7 yeah. is only in a dream. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of a dream, am I dreaming that uh, the Baylor Bears lost to Liberty last year? Was that, was, <laughs> it was, I guess no, that was, a, that was a nightmare, I guess. Not a dream. It was a nightmare. <laughs> For uh, for the people in Baylor uh, right now, so uh, looking at the Baylor team, they got nine returning starters on offense, nine returning starters on defense. See their win total. I guess that's good news, but the bad news is they have all these starters returning uh, from basically a football team that's gone one and seventeen in their last eighteen games. Mark. Yep, it's uh, good news, bad news. The bad news, like you say, one and seventeen. The good news, ninety three percent of their. Uh, of their offensive production is back from last year. That's the second most of all teams in college football this year. It's largely because they've been playing a lot of underclassmen here of late. They are indeed a true mission team, a team that had had winning records and finally had that first losing season here. But Matt Rule's doing it right. Uh, He went in and he signed a ton of recruits right out of the gate. 54 different players started at least one game last year. So I think the bottom line to me with the Baylor Bears is you can throw last year out. It was all just formulating and formating this team here. I think uh, what I call a mission team here, I think Baylor will exceed this win total. I'm currently seeing six wins in the Baylor yeah, Bears yeah. this year. Six. Yep, yep. That's, I would look to go over that six-win total. Really think they're going to go over to six. They're going to get to seven wins uh, this year. And, yeah, we've wow. got the updated numbers right now. Texas up to uh, to eight. Uh, eight and a half. All right, so who's next uh, in the rotation? Uh, the, here? the Cyclones of Iowa State. I'm, in, I'm intrigued by this team. I'm a big Matt Campbell yeah. fan. I, too, am also a big Campbell fan. He's done nothing but win at every stop that he's been at. And, you know, look at what they did last year. I mean, uh, they have a four-year losing streak. He wins eight games last year. He puts a stamp on the football program here. They made their first top 25 appearance. Uh, since 2005, that was a long time between drinks of water for Iowa State. And, they were thirsty. Uh, yeah, thirsty, uh, very thirsty. Not watered-down soup, just a really good football team last year. <laughs> uh, I like this football team here. He, he's, a, he's a good uh, psychological coach. He builds the players up the right way mentally, uh, conditions them in the offseason when it counts here. Uh, four of their five losses last year were by a touchdown or less. Six and a half wins, I think, is attainable for the Cyclones this year. I'm looking at the schedule. It seems very attainable right now. They opened up. Uh, they open up with SD State. Uh, that's a win uh, right there. 
Uh, they go to Iowa, and quite frankly, they that can, could be they a win. They win that game. They'll be right in that football yep. game in week two. Let's say they lose that game, right? They host Oklahoma. That, you know, they, they, right out of the gate, I guess we're going to learn a lot about this Iowa State football team. But They won his 31-point dogs game. They did, so it's a revenge <laughs> spot. It's a revenge spot. Very though. much so. Very much so. Vendetta. Big vendetta for, for Boomer Sooner going in there, Mark. But we're going to learn a lot about this Cyclone team. Between, you know, the Iowa State and the Iowa game, Big Ten, and then boom, man, you get a big conference game like this out of the gate uh, with Oklahoma in week three. I think they win one of these games. I'm not saying, oh, can they beat Oklahoma again back-to-back? I don't know. I don't know about that. But I get the feeling that they're 2-1 and one after um, Matt Campbell and Iowa State. Every year, they're good for one upset, like a major upset. This is what they do. What do you think, Mark? 2-1 and one after uh, two and one after three weeks. Well, I would, uh, you know, I, I would push it out one more week, and I would say they realistically have a chance to be three and one, or two and two at worst, to open the football season here. Uh, yeah, because they, they get Akron in week four, exactly. Exactly. So they, you know, you p- cough up the win there, and the Oklahoma is uh, almost certainly going to be a loss, just given the fact that uh, the, the walk-on <laughs> quarterback last year pulled the, maybe arguably the biggest upset in college football if it wasn't uh, Baylor losing, like you say, uh, in that uh, ugly mess. I think they're. The biggest upset had to be Iowa State knocking off Oklahoma as a 31-point road dog. Oklahoma will have that game circled in lipstick, believe me. Uh, but I think this team can be 3-1. and one. Circled in lipstick, Billy Madison style. Yeah, you know what, though? I like Yeah, yeah like we said, okay, let's say 2-2, two and two, just for yeah. argument's sake. They get to 2-2. Two two. Iowa State, TCU. We'll get to TCU in yeah, a second, but they're rebuilding. you gotta, you got to respect the coaching staff there. That They're always going to be a competent team, but nevertheless – Oklahoma State, not great this year. They host West Virginia. They host Texas Tech. They go to Kansas. That's a win. Uh, they host Baylor. All right, they go to Texas in the second last week of the season, and they host Kansas State. The, uh, to me, the schedule is pretty favorable for K-State. I like that last four weeks, Mark, where I think we can rack up another uh, two, uh, three wins here. It's manageable. You know, Kansas-Baylor uh, won two games uh, between the, the, the two schools last year, so you got to figure out that they have a good chance to win those two football games. I'm just a big Matt Campbell fan, like you say. I like what he does with football programs here. He just improves them, and, you know, he's got a lot of confidence building here from that winning season he had last year, eight-win season last year. Capped it off with a big win over Memphis in a bowl game as a small dog. A lot of momentum to build on here with this football team. They cashed a lot of tickets last year, 10 of their 12 line games. They won the money, and that's oftentimes a sign for teams to come back or regress maybe to the spread. They might they may not be nearly as good as they were last year to the spread, but I think the still team could still win seven games and cash that over ticket. Well, uh, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, we know about their football program. These guys have been at the bottom, Mark, of the Big 12 for a long time. Three wins in the last three years, but I'm looking at their win total of three, and some people think they're going to be improved. Can they get there? Can the Jayhawks win more three games? You know, David Beatty, you know, he really he took a job that no one wanted other than he, and he's paying the price. But the bottom line is he's doing a great job recruiting here. Nobody is really in this conference out-recruiting David Beatty here. It's amazing because this, this football team, if you look at them in conference games, you know, they've only won five of their last 79 conference games. They just get pummeled, uh, you know, beat to, a, beat to a rock. But the bottom line is here he's improving the fortunes of this football team. 
I think three wins gets. I think he can smell the three wins. He can at least push it at three and possibly get that fourth win here. The total opened up two and a half under minus thirty at the South Point and was bet up to three, largely because they have nineteen starters coming back, sixty-one lettermen in total here. So there's a lot about what you like about returning starters in Kansas's favor here. This is a football team I think that could possibly. I, I wouldn't play the under, but I, if I had to bet this game, I'd bet over three wins. I like it. Okay. Are we, we going to take Kansas at three, buddy? I'm looking. I think they win three. You think they win exactly three yeah, games? I have to go over their schedule a little bit more, but I can see them checking into three. All right, so what about, man, Bill Snyder? He's, you know, I keep hearing, oh, he's going to retire. He's never going to retire. He wants his son to take <laughs> yeah. over. It's getting ugly. I guess he figures, all right, since you're not going to give my son the job, I'll stay forever, Mark. <laughs> I guess that's the deal. Um, you know, last year was kind of a disappointment uh, for him. They had a very young team. Um, but so he's got a lot of experience coming back this year. Is this a bounce back year uh, in Manhattan? Their total win total six too, which is generally a little low. I mean, he's sort of the master. Bill Snyder. I mean, my guess is if we looked at his career, his average record on a year is probably like seven and five or something, isn't it, Mark? He seems to be a seven win type of guy. Yeah, he he's a Hall of Fame. Uh, head coach is what he is. I mean, he resurrected this program from the ashes and brought them back to respectability here. Uh, I really like the makeup of this Kansas State football team here this year, guys. I do an ATS top 10 projected teams in our Playbook Preview Guide magazine, and I have them listed as one of the top 10 money winners this football season here. And it's largely because of a couple of factors here. Number one, uh, he did things well. uh, His offense finished in the red zone three straight years in a row before last year, back a little bit. He, he, if he returns that back to the norm here, he's got a ton of young kids that are coming back here. Um, this football team combined for 123 starts, 123 starts by underclassmen last football season here. And what, what I also like about this team is if you take a look by comparison, uh, and you can call these numbers what you want, but Kansas State has a six-win total for their season this year. Oklahoma State has an eight-win total for their season this year. But if you look at the numbers posted at the Westgate by Jay Cornegay, the odds to make the playoffs, both teams are 40-1. to So you've got a 40-1 to team who's predicted with six wins and a 40-1 to team predicted with eight wins. That's the respect that Vegas is giving to Kansas State by posting at 40-1 to to make the college football playoffs. Schedule's not easy. They're going to have yeah. to win the games. They're going to have to win. I mean, they host South Dakota. They can win that game. Mississippi State week two right out of the gate. Big SEC, Big 12 matchup right there. Don't forget, Cam, uh, Mississippi State have that running quarterback now. Fitzpatrick? Yeah, but they also lost Dan Mullen, their head coach. And he's a smart guy. UTSA in week three. It's a a manageable number. Uh, I I understand uh, why Mark uh, Lawrence uh, likes it. All right, which leads us uh, to Uh the big boys here. Boomer Sooner? In Oklahoma, and uh, one of the rare instances in which the, uh, the quarterback makes more money than the coach. But you see, Mark, Lincoln Riley didn't like that, right? Like, he was like, man, he, he went to the administrators. He was like, listen, Kyler Murray cannot be, I can't, you know, how am I going to have the room if everyone knows the quarterback? Because, of course, Kyler Murray was drafted by the Oakland Athletics in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft. Wow. The quarterback yeah. of the Oklahoma he's, Sooners. He's Texas A&M, too, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, he got, like, a $9 million signing bonus. Oh, brilliant. And what's crazy, he didn't leave. He's playing football. Pretty crazy, Mark. So it's funny that you know the kids on the team were joking. They were like, "He's richer than you, coach," <laughs> right? And <laughs> and uh, 
He went to the administrators, and now he got like a, he got a raise. Yeah. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll hit the Oklahoma Sooners on the other side with Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Order it right now. You're going to uh, thank yourself for doing so. Playbook.com, the best college uh, football preview out there. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Well, last night I said this game will be tied 1-1. I said England uh, will manage to lose in the most painful way fashion. We're about 80% there. And we'll see if my full prediction, Cam, which will be really almost eerie and creepy. England losing in heartbreaking fashion and kicks? No, they're (laughs) going to rattle one off the crossbar, too. You're calling crossbar. Yeah, I, I could not. I called this last night. Yeah. It's not like yeah. now. Before they played this game, last yeah. night, I said this game will be 1-1. It'll go to penalty kicks, and England will put it off the crossbar, and Columbia will, like, score a cheap one in a penalty kick, and it's going to be heartbreak city. Well, well we're, about, see. we're about 75%. <laughs> see, look at Columbia. Like, they're very spiritual. Very like, they're, yeah, yeah, they're they all like, hugging. They, and they sort like to of, pray. Yeah. Like, England are sort of just looking yeah. nervous. <laughs> I'm not sure who Jesus is cheering for, but see, look at Colombia. Like they all, they all sort of. Okay, it's good, it's good. Look, they're very. It's going to be all right. Are you? Do you have this on in front of you, Mark? There's some crazy drama going on here. I have it in my other office. I'm trying to find it on my computer. A live. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll give you a second here. They're going to penalty kicks right now. Like it's it's going to it's going to penalty kicks. What a name for the British goalie. Pickford. Pickford. (laughs) Hello, Pickford. Pickford. (laughs) Mister Pickford. Yeah, it just sounds British. Pickford. Yeah, all right, so we'll keep you up to date. They're just setting up right now on the pitch there. So Oklahoma, Oklahoma's a dangerous football team. I mean, Bob Stoops sort of left them in a lurch last year, but that feels like it was 10 years ago, doesn't it? Lincoln Riley clearly handled his business, uh, Mark, as, as a coach last year. And I was kidding around about Kyler Murray making more money than he does. And all kidding aside, the, the Regents gave uh, Riley uh, a bonus. They gave him an extension of more money after doing a great job that he did uh, last year. Yeah, they lost Baker Mayfield. They lost some talent on the offensive line, but this is just a reload job, isn't it, Mark? And quite frankly, they're like a bully, and they can say, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, like who in the conference yeah. is going to do anything? That's right. I took your lunch money. Like last right. year, yeah. Oklahoma right. State were stacked. They had the quarterback. They had Washington. And what was the kid's name? The running back. Was it Hill or whatever? They had Mason Rudolph. They had, like, you know, Mark, Oklahoma State were stacked last year. Still couldn't knock off Oklahoma after they lost Bob Stoops. This is Oklahoma's conference. Texas is climbing. But this is the Sooners' conference, isn't it? Well, it is the Sooners' conference. In fact, if you look at the 10 teams that reside inside the Big 12 currently, only Oklahoma owns a winning record against all other nine opponents. 
and only Oklahoma, Texas, and West Virginia have winning records against all teams, but it's Oklahoma who has a winning record against every team inside the conference. Uh, and it doesn't matter what, you know who they're playing. They just plug in players. Baker Mayfield was terrific for them as a walk-on quarterback, number one pick in the draft this year. But Kyler Murray, as you mentioned, the kid making more money than coach right now, he steps in. So it's just plug and play for Oklahoma here. They recruit as well as anybody in the country. We know that. It's a football team that uh, made it to the college football playoffs last year. And a 10-win total here is, I think, the, the number is right on for this football team. They're currently 6-1 to one at the Westgate to make the playoffs. What about the Oklahoma State? I'm a man. I'm 40. Mike Gundy in that program there. That's pretty high. A win total at eight. They lose. Gabe talked about it. Mason Rudolph, James Washington. They were a wicked threat. Uh, what do you think about Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys this year? Eight wins. Do you think they can get there, or do you see regression? Probably regression from this football team here. That They lost an awful lot last year, and uh, so too did Oklahoma. But the bottom line is they don't uh, they don't recruit as well as does Oklahoma uh, do the Cowboys. So I think uh, they could take a step back this football season here, just five starters back on offense. The big loss, Mason Rudolph, uh, threw for 13,000 yards, 92 touchdowns in four seasons there. Tough, tough numbers to have to replace here. I think it's going to be difficult for this team to win anything more than eight games. I wouldn't bet them over the total here, but if I had to put a gun to my head, I'd say probably eight or under. You look at the Oklahoma Sooner schedule, and we'll get back to Oklahoma State in a second, but you look at the Oklahoma Sooner schedule, that big game, it'll be interesting with uh, with Florida Atlantic uh, out of the gate. It'll be curious to see how FAU uh, approach this. If they're hanging around in the first half, then I think, you know, they'll, they'll be in it. If, if, it, if the wheels fall off early, I could see Kiffin waving the flag. UCLA at Oklahoma in week two. I tell you, this Oklahoma Sooner schedule is not an easy one, Mark. You got Florida Atlantic in week one. That's not a cream puff. UCLA in week two. Okay, Chip Kelly's rebuilding. Boom, you go into Ames in week three, Iowa State, Army in week four, okay, Baylor, but then boom, you got Texas again in week five. You know, Kyler Murray's talented, and yeah, he got drafted as a as a baseball player with Oakland, but he's got to prove it on a football field right now, and it's not going to be easy. It's a lot of tough games out of the gate here for him. Yeah, I'd be kind of stunned if they don't open up 5-0 and their first five games. UCLA could be a little bit tricky, uh, just given the fact you mentioned that it's Kelly coming in there and the fact that they have Iowa State, that big look-ahead revenge game on deck. But they make it through the Baylor game if they come out 5-0 and here. Then they get into the gritty portion of their football season. Texas, TCU, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Oak State. That's a pretty tough run for Oklahoma to have to get through. And only one of those games up until Oklahoma State will be at home. So uh, it might be a tall order to ask this football team to win 11 games. But they could well win, their, uh, win, win the Big 12 championship game. If they do that, they could end up finding themselves back in the playoffs this year. Yeah, so Oklahoma State, we talked about it last year, 2-2 at penalty kicks right now. They both scored. Oh, sneaky. Now Columbia's up 3-2, so it's just a goal fest so far here. Oklahoma State, to me, that was the deflating year last year. If I'm, if I'm Gundy and if I'm, um, if I'm Pickens and the, the boosters there, that was the year. I mean, they were stacked on both sides of the football. Oklahoma were somewhat, I guess they weren't down after all. I mean, they had great athletes, per se. I don't know. Maybe they surprise us right now. But, yeah, I got to see some regression here from Oklahoma State uh, right now. And I'd be leaning under um, eight and a half, Mark. I'm not so sure this is a nine-win football team. 
I don't think it is either here. I'm seeing eight wins, but there were some eight and a halves out there as well. I think eight and a half is a key number. If you find the hook, I think I'd go under the total here. And eight wins, you'd probably just sit back and watch them play. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> England in big trouble now. That was a big save right there. Yeah, and England just, uh, was just stopped in, in penalty kicks. So if Columbia scores this next uh, goal, uh, they win. If they don't, whatever, a save. So England are on the ropes right now. Columbia can kick their way into the quarterfinals. High drama. The Colombian coach can't look. He's covered his eyes. <laughs> He's an old man, too. He is very, that's another time. thing. You don't want to be, yeah, exactly. Well, this is going to be huge right here. They don't have a hope in hell of stopping this. Colombia is going to win in his watch. They're going to win in a second. And yeah. it's pretty much here, here exactly, exactly what I called. The last kick. Short of me saying a crossbar. I was wrong about the crossbar. Yeah, but it was close. Yeah, it was All four right. posts. Here it is. No, oh, he missed. He hits the crossbar. Gag job. We're still going. Oh, no. no. Wow. <laughs> Columbia just could have won, but they hit the crossbar. Uribe, a little too high. Wow. Crossbar and down. That was wild. It's just bad. It's crazy the way yeah. the ball bounces. Sure like, is. You don't know the rotation. Like, sometimes it'll hit the crossbar and sort of spin back, but... That one went right down, and of course, uh, Mark. Last week, I had a thousand dollars on Switzerland. <laughs> the game went to penalty kicks uh, and cost me eighteen hundred bucks. Penalty kick hit the crossbar. I sort of celebrated, yeah, like I won because it hit the crossbar. The freaking ball hit the goalie in the back of the head and went in net mark. <laughs> no, it's still true. I mean, <laughs> just, just my luck. It was it was awful. Ooh, Ooh, top corner England. We're back drawn again. Three three apiece. Three three. In, in penalty kicks. So, as, well, Mark, as Mark mentioned, yeah, the Oklahoma State total now an even you guys, eight. You guys both like the under? An even eight. I think at worst you get a push. I just don't see them winning uh, nine nine football games. Hey, Mark. I is agree the, with, yes. I'm sorry. As long as, I was going to say, as long as uh, Bill Snyder's been at uh, K-State, I remember Gary Peterson and the visor at TCU. Uh, these guys, their win total at eight. They lose a lot of guys, though. So, what do you think about the Horn Frogs? Is this a... Eight, eight might be a little bit high there. What do you think about uh, TCU's chances this year? If I saw the eight, I'd go under for sure. I'm seeing seven and a halves right now as we're speaking. And, you know, there's a reason that the number came down off the opener here. Uh, only Colorado State has to replace more total stutters than the Horn Frogs do this football season here. They were really beat up by losses from last football season to this year. And you got uh, Gary Patterson. You know he's got this dilemma here, where you know he's calling the plays on offense. He's going to hand it over to his offensive coordinator this football season here to concentrate on the defense here. But you know if you find erosion in a football team, there's usually a reason. Take a look at the turnovers. This football team last three years they forced 55 turnovers. The previous three years they forced 100 turnovers. That ends up uh, tallying in the totals here. And I can see this TCU football team being on the decline this football season. I agree. Yep. I agree with Mark Lawrence as far as the Frogs. Uh, Horn Frogs being a little bit of a decline. Seven and a half. Their win to a total right now. Here's England yep. stepping up and in. They, oh, they win! Unbelievable. England survived Pickford. It's Pickford. <laughs> Pickford. Dude, it's Pickford. Pickford what saved their save. ass with the sure, save. And sure that's, look, with the, look, all the team ran towards the goal. He's not <laughs> the guy that scored the goal after that. Wow. Wow. And the dude that put it off the crossbar for Columbia. That's not good. He could have he could have finished this. Yeah, RIP yeah. for that dude. Yeah. yeah, it's true. He's in big trouble. Yeah, that guy, the last that happened. I know it was tragic that yeah. that happened last time, but it wasn't like he got shot. 
stepping off the plane. Like, hey, you guys, yeah, like, yeah. he actually got into a bar fight. Like, he he was in a place, someone mouthed off to him about it, and he didn't, he told the guy to F off, wow. essentially. So, it escalated. It was more, it wasn't like he got, it was like a hit. Like, yeah. he got shot in the back because of what happened. No, it was actually an isolated it incident. Was, yeah, yeah, and he ran into the wrong guys in a bar, and it, it got out of control, basically. But, Wow. England survived. Pickford. They never win in kicks, too. Unbelievable. Well, that was the save. It's just massive. Unbelievable. High drama, oh. man. Woo. High, high drama. This is why the World Cup, um, the ratings are what they are. <laughs> just, it delivers okay. So, speaking of high ratings, and speaking of big time. Texas? Yeah, Texas Longhorns. It's a big time program that hasn't been uh, very big time in the last couple of years. They rake in the profit like Ohio State and Michigan do, but they haven't put the results up on the board. Uh, like Ohio State does it. Michigan really hasn't. But um, Texas right now, Tom Herman goes there. And people expected miracles. It's going to be a process. But I think the, the next step in the process occurs this year. I don't think they're a playoff football team this year. But I think the Longhorns are going to start to creep their way back this year, Mark. I see the Longhorns as an extremely dangerous football team. I told you, you and I have talked about this. I see the Longhorns beating the USC Trojans, and that'll be Tom Herman's first signature win. He keeps talking about we need a signature win here at Texas. We don't have a signature win yet. Beating the USC Trojans on national television will be that signature win. They're not ready to knock Oklahoma off the perch yet, but I think they're going to be right there, Mark. I think this is a dangerous team that plays in a big-time bowl game this year. I look at Texas as a 9- or 10-win football team when it's all said and done. Well, there's a lot of people that do that, Gabe. Uh, this, uh, you're talking about a football total that opened seven and a half. It's up to eight and a half as we speak right now, and they're actually the second choice out of the Big Ten to become uh, make it to the college football playoffs this year. And a lot of that is because of Tom Herman, as you mentioned here. He uh, he, he really put the football program back on the map last year. He's got a ton of young kids. I keep hitting on this young kid factor here, but uh, freshman at at uh, Texas. The last three years, they started 138 games. They're just doing it the right way. He's building this program for success. They are, indeed, I think, the second-best team to beat in this conference here, and I agree with you 100% with that game with the USC. That's the football game that solidifies the program to say they're back. That'll be the football game that they'll have really uh, be all geeked up for. The question is, if they do upset Southern Cal, can they bounce back the next week yeah. and take out TCU? That'll be the question. That's the thing. What I like to see, though, is the recruiting as well, as you wrote, Mark. Fact is, Texas Longhorns got seven of the top ten players in the state, which shows that now in a couple of years, that progression, you know, Texas will start to be the bullies again, uh, once again, in the state of Texas. Oklahoma obviously cut into the state of Texas in recruiting, but I'm a fan. I'll go over the eight and a half with this Longhorn team. I'm expecting uh, that big of things. Now, Texas Tech, on the other hand, is another story in which I'm not the biggest Cliff uh, Kingsbury guy. He seems to me, sort of looks like a high school coach out there. And his defenses certainly play like a high school team. <laughs> but, man, that defense really improved. And I got to tell you, I lost money last year, Mark, betting on Texas Tech overs because I think Kingsbury actually learned his lesson after all these years that I can't get my head bashed in playing a pop gun spread offense all the time. Texas Tech are playing a little D, and they're running the football more now, Mark Lawrence. They're doing the two things that you need to do, uh, play defense and run the football. 
neither of which they did under Mike Leach. And Mike Leach was okay defensively, but never thought about running the football. We're seeing a little bit more of that now here these days. But the truth is, Kingsbury's on the real hot seat this year. He's the hottest coach and on the hottest seat in the, uh, if you t- if you will, for the Big Twelve this football season here. David Gibbs was his best movie made last year when he brought him in as a defensive coordinator. They improved 110 yards defensively. And the better news is that he's got 10 of those starters back this football season here. So if they can maintain that defensive improvement they did, they've got, uh, if you take a look also, 10 starters and 10 from the two deep coming back on that defense here. Uh, there's a lot to like about Texas Tech this year. I think they can get to those six wins here this football season here. i like them to get over the total this season to save Kingsbury's job. Gabe and I were talking about the West Virginia Mountaineers, uh, Mark, and I, I really like uh, Will Greer, that offense. They, they look very, very dangerous. Obviously, the question with the Mountaineers is they got to improve on defense and stop somebody, but maybe seven wins, I think that's pretty attainable. I think I might go to take West Virginia over the total. What do you think about the Mountaineers? Well, they're the third choice to make the playoffs out of the Big 12 Conference at 8-1. to one. And, uh, you know, if you take a look at seven wins, that equates to an over total if yep. they like them as the third best team. And you're talking about a quarterback who also brings his top two wide receivers back from last football season here at all. And they don't have any back-to-back consecutive road games. That helps football teams, especially with ones that are improving in their defense, as West Virginia is looking to do this football season here. I think they're one of the safer plays. It's over seven wins this season here inside the Big 12. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com and Sports Data University as well. So tell everyone where they can get the playbook and tell everybody about the university as well, Mark. Well, the playbook's available online at playbook.com. The magazine, the preview got is available at newsstands everywhere now around the country, the states, at all the Barnes & Noble stores. Like I said, you can order it at playbook.com. And also, Playbook uh, is also going to be working hand-in-hand with Sports Data University. Uh, Gabe, you'll be working with us in that project as well. We're going to be launching that here the 1st of August. We're getting all set for that. If you're looking for winning information, winning insight from all the experts, check it all out at sportsdatauniversity.com. And uh, we'll see you, I'm assuming, Mark, um, at the Golden Nugget on August 24th through 26th for the IFBC. Yeah, I'll be out there for that. And the uh, Super Contest weekend is that weekend well, so we'll be stepping in and sitting in a couple of panels with the guys there. But uh, I will be be out there. Yeah, I'll look forward to it. You'll be out there, I'm sure, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're putting it together right now. Um, We'll be speaking at the Golden Nugget. Uh, this year, so yeah, you're going to be a busy man. You know, Golden Nugget, uh, Westgate, you're going to be all over the place. Well, that's what Vegas is all about. <laughs> and I got my friends over at the Gamblers Book Club who sell all my products, so I got to put an appearance over there. So, but I'm looking forward to being out book. there and checking in book with you signing. as well. I like book that. Sign. Yeah, book signing. The Gamblers Mark. Book Club, nice. Mark there Lawrence, I will see you in Vegas. Mark's always a pleasure. Take care, Mark. Hi right, guys, my pleasure. Be good. Bye bye. Mark Lawrence, Playbook.com. <laughs> we'll see him in Vegas. IFBC. International Football Betting Conference. The who's who. If you're not there, you're a nobody. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Game Time Decisions.
Level two. Pickford with the save. Pickford. Man, England got to chill out. They got to settle down. These guys think they just won the World Cup. <laughs> Lots of work to be done. And then there was eight. Started at 32. The Elite Eight. A wide open World Cup continues. Croatia. Probably the team to beat right now in that group. Yep. They get Russia on Saturday. Interesting. Man, that music's loud. Dan, Dan, Dan. I know. And you're like, you talk, and like your voice can cut through titanium, and that music, uh, I got to tell you, it's a battle. Yeah, in the future. The, the, uh, the music's really, uh, he, yeah, in the future. he fights hard. I don't know who's working the booth Dan, today. I don't Dan, even know. Dan, Dan. I guess Florio's all big time. Florio's holiday week or something like yeah. that. Can't work, you know? I don't know. It's not JP. Who's I don't know who's who's working the board uh, today. Yo, yeah. crickets. <laughs> I spoke to our boy, uh, the Memphis kid, earlier in the day. Yo, it's up, that No, it's Modica. Oh, oh it's Modica. Oh, Modica. Oh God. What the no, hell's going? On? <laughs> no wonder it's such a train wreck. No wonder. No wonder. Now I know what no. they got. They got you working the board now, Modica. I'm doing a little bit of everything, you know, trying to keep Melrose Studios standing up. You're jack of all trades. Cardano, Cardano works people hard. Yeah. <laughs> Cardano told Modica, hey, at the end of the show, I want you to sweep up the studio. I don't know about that. Now you got a little out of line there. That, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so how you doing, Matt? All right, we, we got, we, I talked to you longer. We got a guest to bring yeah. in here, though, Matt. That you do. Feel free to jump in later. Yeah, anytime. You got it. Thanks, guys. Okay. Okay. Jeff. Uh, Jeff. Jeff. Nadu. You said it there, Gabe. It's rotating chairs. You never know who you're gonna get. I, 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 I honestly, we could just chuck a dart. I don't know. Right, let's bring Big Man on campus in uh, right yep. now. What's going on, Big Man? Fellas, how are you? Hey, Big Man, how you doing? It's like Monty Hall. Pretty, I don't know who's behind good. door number one. <laughs> know, door, number, door number two. Do you get the prize or you're going to get the, the pig? Hey, you Modica, never know. Hey, Modica, if you're still around later, actually, Cam's leaving at six. So if you want to oh, DFS, you yeah. talk baseball. DFS. <laughs> I'll be talking some baseball at six o'clock. So we bring Big Man on campus in uh, right now. High drama once again. In a World Cup, just um, say what you will about it. <laughs> It finds a way of deliver, delivering on a daily basis entertainment and drama in, in an unpredictable uh, fashion. England, so many times, big man, have been down this road before and found ways to lose. It looked like potentially that's what was going to happen. Colombia had all the momentum into extra time. Colombia has them on the ropes, but they hit the crossbar. Oh, no. And then I got to tell you, man, hell of a save by Pickford. Uh, right there, uh, big man, and uh, England survives. Yeah, I'm not sure what that shot was exactly. I mean, he just literally shot it right at Pickford. Pickford just stood there. Uh, yeah, listen, it was almost one of those extra special choke jobs from England again. I mean, you know, they seemingly have control the entire game. Colombia's fouling left and right. I mean, it, w- it was unbelievable. And look, that was a big-time set-piece goal by Colombia to tie it up. I'll tell you guys right now, um, you're getting to the point anymore where you're hard pressed to take a game in full time. I mean, it's really getting difficult. I mean, you're really I hit the draw. Out. I hit well, the draw yeah, today in this game. Yeah. Really, yeah, you're really just throwing out like you know a real shot in the dark to take a game in full time. I mean, how many shenanigans have we seen in 
extra time or or 89th minute. I mean, it's it's been ugly. You got to take a game to qualify anymore. It's it's hard to to, to, to lay that 90 minute price. And these these matches coming up will be extremely oh, evenly man. matched. Nobody's going to do anything crazy early uh, in these games. Uh, but the first half scoreless draws continue to hit, uh, big man. Now up to 22. Uh, right now. Now, you and I talked about this last night. They're not giving money away anymore with this stuff. They were both, you know, minus 105, minus 110, etc. Yep. for that. So before we move on, we'll take a look at Uruguay, France, uh, Brazil, Belgium, Russia, Croatia, and now it'll be England and Sweden, Sweden. Um, in, in the other uh, quarter final. Before we move on, uh, Colombia, man, I thought they sent their rugby team uh, today. <laughs> and I tell you, at one point, like, it was almost a good thing Colombia did tie it up. Because I really thought they were going to attack the referee at one point at the end. I was like, man, there's going to be a fight. Like, they're they're not going to, if they lose, they're not going to be good sports about this. They're going to punch someone on England. They're going to hit the referee. But then they scored. You know, I've seen different opinions on this. And I'm watching, you know, we've got a British feed of the game going. And, you know, a lot of the British commentators felt as though there should have been a red card. But even they were sort of split on it. What did you make of the headbutt? And did you think, uh, listen, Colombia were dodging bullets all day. And then they bitch when they tackle Kane in the box. It's like, guys, you tackled them. Like, you know, you've gotten away with murder all day. It's going to catch up. But did, what did you think of the, the yellow card, red card, no red card for, for the headbutt? Well, well, I thought Mark Geiger had no control of the game whatsoever. I, I thought that the headbutt was despicable, disgusting behavior. that shouldn't happen in a game like this. Um, look, I thought the Kane – there were actually people on Twitter saying that that, that was not a penalty. I, I don't know how. I don't know what a crack they've been smoking today, but that was yeah, about the most penalty you, to get. Yeah, even me. I was yeah, – I had a draw in this game, and yeah. even I was like, I don't know what you're arguing about. You tackled it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean – You pulled him down three times. Yeah. And again, I mean, uh, Harry Kane is a star. I mean, he's going to get that call. Look, if that's, you know, a lesser player, maybe they, maybe they don't call that, but – you have to call that. There's been a big emphasis on calling that in the box, you know, grabbing and pulling and pushing. Uh, I was surprised to see that game at 22 at the end of the game. I thought for sure someone would be red carded. I thought the, the red card should have been given on the headbutt. It's, and, and it was something that that player did two different times. He did it a, another time as well. Uh, Columbia's a dirty team. It wasn't, I don't think it was a bad thing to see them go out. Yeah, our buddies in Russia, he said that not just the team, the fans are the surliest too. They're uh, like liking to mix it up all over there. Columbia, it's yeah, I've got a, uh, stabby. My boy Brandon in St. Louis in Russia right now, he tweeted from the square and he said the Colombian fans are by far the rudest and the uh, yeah, the biggest jerks. Like So people were cheering against them uh, because of that. So now we've got Uruguay versus France, Belgium versus Brazil. Russia, Croatia, and really, I've been look pretty... At the, look at the top bracket compared to the bottom. Like, what a joke. Russia, Croatia, Sweden, England. Then you got Uruguay, France, Brazil, Belgium. And, you know, Ridiculous. I've been, I've been kind of negative about the Brazilian team for the most part. I've had, like, yeah. a non-trust factor about them, but they're pretty damn good defensively. They're, you know, they've shut things down. They don't give up a lot of opportunities. And, and of course, they've got the skill up front. Yeah, is there some sort of showmanship to come along with it? Yes, but... If you're Brazil, big man, you really have to like the way everything's sort of playing out. And, you know, they'll have earned it because they're playing in a tough group. But I'm sort of looking at Brazil and Belgium. You could argue a lot of people would say that the winner of Brazil and Belgium is the team to beat in this tournament. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is. I mean, I think Belgium, I've, I've said to you before, I, I think they're the strongest team 1-11 to 11 in, in the tournament. I think there are still some question marks about Brazil's defense. Um, you know, Neymar, you have to wonder at some point, Gabe, will someone try to, to, to really goad him and get him to do so? Because he is a little bit of a, a loose cannon. Some of these dives are, you know, look, well, you and I have talked about it. I think it's part of the game. Uh, but at some point, the, the, you're going to start seeing them you know, give out cards for that kind of stuff. Well, if it's, Uruguay, if it's Uruguay versus Brazil, that'll be really mm. intriguing to see. That'll be an interesting matchup, big man. But when they're playing Belgium, I imagine Belgium is really going to try to just outskill Brazil. They're not going to be intimidated mm. to Brazil. They're going to say, you know what? We have, you know, we have more firepower than these guys. So that should be a really fun game. I think Belgium's going to bring it at them. I think there'll be a ton of attacking in that game. I think it'll be a lot like the Belgium-Japan game. I think, you know, and we just have a more quality side, Brazil, going forward as well. I think we'll see plenty of goals in that game. It's hard to split it, though. I mean, I've said before I think Belgium will win the match. Um, I just think that win yesterday, while it was against Japan, that's a special win, man. I mean, you you don't come back from that kind of stuff generally in the World Cup, and you were able to do it. You have a new lease on life. You had your bogey game, if you will. Uh, I think they're the strongest team, 1-11. to I think Belgium will beat Brazil. Uh, it could be in extra. It could be in penalties. Uh, but I think from top to bottom, uh, barring an injury, I think they'll beat Brazil. we got updated yeah. odds right now. Brazil are plus 275 to win the tournament. France, Le Bleu. France is dangerous. Plus uh, 400. England, plus 400. Croatia, plus 600. Croatia is intriguing at plus 600 because you put yourself in a nice head yeah. situation going into a match against Brazil. Um, Belgium plus 600. You could argue that's not a bad bet because if they got past Brazil, but you still can't discount France or Uruguay. <laughs> I don't know, guys. There might be eight teams left, and who knows? Who knows? I think that's where we're at, big man. I mean, really? I mean, Brazil going to find a way? I mean, you can make an argument for almost any one of these teams. You can't tell well, me France can't outscore Sweden people. Sweden could go to the final in that bottom group. I don't see England getting there, but yeah. like you said, I don't know, like Cam said, man, Sweden could just grind out a bunch of nil-nils and win penalty kicks to get there. Uruguay are still dangerous to me, big man. They're going to be a tough team to beat, uh, Uruguay. And to me, Uruguay, they're not going to be scared of France, and France aren't going to be running around in the same fashion as they were against Argentina. This tournament's still wide open, big man. Yeah, I'm I'm all over the the uh, the under in this game, Uruguay France. I, I think this is a, a really boring tactical match. I mean, France might be a little bit more potent up front. The big question is, will Cavani play? Because you know, gave today, I was all very surprised to not see Thomas Rodriguez not even in the game or on the roster. Well, not I even thought, in uniform. Yeah, I thought he'd at least be in uniform. It's a big thing with Cavani because without Cavani, their their the attack dissipates considerably. Uh, I need to know that he's in there before I make any sort of bet on this game. But even if he is, I still think this is a pretty good underplay. Um, as far as futures are concerned, Gabe, you know I'm not an arrogant guy, but I'm going to be arrogant for one moment here. Uh, I have Croatia, 35-1 to 1 to win this. I have Brazil, and I have Belgium, all of which are still left. So I'm very much happy with where Croatia is personally right now. I think if we can get to that final, uh, I'm, 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 I'm very much going to hedge. But I'm feeling pretty good where I'm at. But I think Cam's right. I mean, that Sweden team's looking pretty good too. Don't don't sleep on them. I mean, you could have got them yesterday at 40, 42 to one in this tournament. I mean, that right side of the bracket is really open. I mean, who knows what will happen there? 
Yeah, and the thing is, big man, like you look at England, yeah, sure, they want, I don't think Sweden's scared of these guys in the style that they play. They just, they seem very, very poised. They know who they are, and they know, you know, they're just one of those teams that uh, they, they really play, every guy knows his role, and they play it perfectly. Like, even the coach said, he goes, we're not the most skilled team, but, well, you know what, we got we got a tactic and a style, and that's the way we're going to play, and it's working for them. It is working for them, and I think a lot of people were skeptical on how they would perform without, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who's obviously a world-class player, but they've kind of moved on from that. They've de- developed their own identity, and you're right. I-, I thought today's game was a real tough game for them. Switzerland's a tough, hard-nosed team, but I think, Gabe, as you and I talked about, I think the real it really kind of magnified not having those two, the captain and the other defender in there. That was a big uh, knock for them. Uh, Sweden played really well. I'm surprised to see them this far. I thought they'd bowed a bit earlier, but, yeah, you're right. They really do play cohesively. You see another role. They're a tough team hard-nosed defensively. Why can't they beat England? I think they have any a shot, bigger shot as anybody. Yeah, and I'm looking they, at the odds. 250 to 1 at the start in some sports books. We like, just, uh, holy jeez. We've got updated odds right now finally posted for Sweden and England. Uh, this match will take place on Saturday. Sweden, plus 375 in regulation. Draw, yeah. plus 225. Like that. England, minus 120, and England are going to have a hard time scoring on Sweden, big man. And there's there's not a lot of open green space, man. It's like a lot of IKEA furniture all over the pitch, man. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, man, you got to go around all this like IKEA. There's like all these IKEA trucks. Out and there. the thing is, the furniture breaks. So yeah, you got bolts and wood all over the place. Anyway, a draw at plus two twenty five looks pretty damn tasty, don't you think, guys? Oh, they're going to match up well yeah. with them. Nil nil. Well, then I'll tell you what, I, I think for England, I, I think if you're an English fan, you obviously are happy they won, but. I think you got to peel back the onion and look at the fact that they were absolutely disgusting today on set pieces. They had absolutely no idea what they were doing. I thought they were really poor in that realm of, of the game. I thought defending the set piece, uh, they weren't great either. Sweden's a big group. They're big guys. They're tough. Uh, they, they have to get that going. And listen, I don't think Deli Alley's fit uh, the, the midfield for England. Um, they have to find a way to get, get more involved because barring a penalty, um, they lose this game. So, I mean – we can celebrate if you're an English fan, but I think you had to peel back the onion a bit and realize that I mean, you were lucky to get the job done here today. Penalties are a total crapshoot. They had a chance, Columbia, to really end this, and, and they were, weren't able to capitalize. This was almost a massive choke job. They better get going quick because Sweden isn't going to be uh, scared of the moment. And they, they can match up well, like Gabe said. I talked, um, I talked a lot about this coming into this, and one of the reasons why I didn't like Brazil was because South American teams don't fare well on European soil. And here we are right now. There's eight teams left. Six of them are from Europe. Correct. You know, six of them are from uh, Europe, with the exception being Uruguay and Brazil. And, you know, only one of them is going to be able to get through. It's just they're just in a tough spot. You know, it'll be different, though, in, in Qatar. That's yep. just different territory, right? I was just going to ask you guys, the contrast in styles. Like, the early game on Friday is fantastic. France has that attack where they can score tons of goals. Gabe, you talk about Uruguay's brilliance defensively, even though they want to get the first one and hold France back. They've only given up one goal that's in the, the tournament. That's the thing, man. Like, this, that's a great con- contrast. Like, Uruguay-France is going to be a fantastic soccer game. Yeah, Uruguay, but like big man stated, Cavani is a massive, I mean, without him, they're kind of screwed. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not I, Gabe, possible. I, I, think, but. I think you and I have had this argument before as well. Isn't Europe in Russia and Asia, though? I mean, Russia's in Europe and Asia, right? 
no, Russia, yeah. Russia's Europe. Yeah, it's it's Europe. They just they're I, not allowed in the European Union due to political reasons. Yeah. It's Europe, for sure. Yeah, it's Europe. I don't think I, I would say it's Asia. <laughs> Go to the map. All right, we'll hit this on the other side. <laughs>Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Trains in Cavani's place. Well, the countdown is on. A couple of days for Cavani. Edinson Cavani. All right, game time decisions. Red Heat and uh, Rage Radio. Who wants to go to the World Series? Who wants to go to a 2018 World Series game? Tune into the Fantasy Sports Radio Network between July 8th and July 17th. We'll be playing the DKMS Trivia Challenge for your shot to call in and win with a chance to attend the Fall Classic in person. The number to play is 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-FNTSY. The contest is sponsored by DKMS. They're looking for your help in a fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their family. 70%, nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. Find out how you can help the cause and go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. All right, big man on campus from uh, sportsbookreview.com's YouTube page uh, joins us. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at uh, Jeff Nadu. So uh, before we move on uh, from the World Cup, we're talking about Sweden plus 375 uh, right now against uh, England on Saturday. And a quick turnaround here for uh, for England after a very yep. physical and draining match uh, today as well. A very, very physical and draining match. Um, Russia and Croatia. Croatia are clearly the more skilled side here, big man. But we've seen in the past, and forget like the Putin fixes everything angle. Home teams have always done well in international tournaments. From South Korea making it to the yep. final, to Brazil making it to the semifinal, Portugal when they lost to Greece, that was in Portugal. They lost in the final. So it's not a new phenomenon, big man, that the host nation actually goes pretty deep in, in one of these big tournaments. No, and I think that's, you know, a lot of the, the, the jokes about Putin and stuff are, are really just, you know, just rumor and stuff. But, you know, I, I, I have said before, I mean, if this was in Dublin, Ireland, I don't think Russia would be uh, in this tournament right now. But, again, I mean, that's the benefit of hosting it. Uh, and we'll obviously see that in, in this area of the world in 2026. And maybe we can have a, a run or something, or, or Canada as well. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I think no, Croatia. Uh, no, no, no. We're gonna stop you there, big man. Canada's uh, going nowhere. We're gonna need Putin's help. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like Putin's gonna have to help us out on that. Uh, hey, listen, I, I was gonna say that. I just wanted to be nice and include. <laughs> That's but, okay. Uh, <laughs> but but as far as this, I'm really liking Croatia to win and to qualify. I think get to lay 180 here, but. I got to tell you, I, I'm confident they'll get the job done here. I think this is finally the spot where Russia will go out. Um, I just think Croatia is just—they didn't play well in the game against uh, in the other day against. Um, who did play the other day? Gabe, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here for some reason. Denmark. Uh, Denmark, right? Uh, Good call. You know, Russia's Russia's a team that, that does struggle to defend. I think Croatia will find a way to figure them out with that midfield. Uh, but again, we said that about Spain. I just think Croatia is a better side. I, I think they'll break down that defense. And I think Spain's game plan in that game was pretty poor. I don't really understand what they what the tactics were there. They just kind of toiled with the ball in the midfield. Croatia will be more uh, you know, active as far as getting the ball into the box and, and setting up opportunities. I think Croatia will, will win this game and move on. I, I would be real surprised if Russia beat Croatia. I, I just I can't see it. I thought Spain's game plan was hideous. Croatia won't have that same thing. All right, so let's switch gears into the National Basketball Association. I mean, the Golden State Warrior Association. Oh, uh, boy, yeah. I guess that's what they just, GWA, because yeah. called the Golden State Warrior. <laughs> GWA. Yeah, yeah, GWA. It's a new airline. We could have got them at 2-1 to one yesterday before the Boogie Cousins deal. Remember, they were yeah. they were they're actually behind the Lakers. Know, it was crazy. You also, you also could have gotten it, and this is absolutely unbelievable. You could have gotten the Lakers. They were actually – as far as win total, higher yesterday than the Warriors. They have 61 and a half. Lakers are 62 and a half. I mean, what, who, JaVale McGee? And like, what are they doing? Lance yeah, no, Stevenson? Under. So listen, and this is this the new thing. So Boogie Cousins goes. He gets $5.3 million to, uh, to Golden State. The fact of the matter is he's not healthy. He won't be playing until 2019. Well, we're in 18 now. So when I say 19, yeah. I'm saying basically January into the new year. Yeah, like he's not yeah. there's they don't and the thing is they're the Warriors, they don't even have to That's roll. That's the him thing, up. keep him healthy so when he's yeah, whatever, he'll be with the team, he'll Le- get to know everyone. Less money. DeMarcus Cousins is an all-star, so he already knows these guys yeah. and they're saying that he actually got along with them pretty well. They're the first team in NBA history. This is pretty crazy. They're going to be the first team in NBA history next year to have three guys on the team that average 25 points or more the year before. Curry averages 25 yeah. a game. DeMarcus Cousins averages 25 Durant. a game, and Durant averages like 27, 28 a game type deal. First time in the history. And, oh, yeah, they've got Thompson in there and Green and, and, and et cetera. So what I find the, the, the uh, today's disgruntled superstar of the day in the National Basketball Association is Jimmy Butler. And uh, I like this. Jimmy Butler is fed up. <laughs> I like this. Jimmy Butler reportedly fed up with the young Timberwolves has no uh, intention of re-signing with them. And, big man, I love that he's fed up. He's been there one year. (laughs) And he was hurt half the year. But we've talked about this. And you know, Cam, I've been very vocal about this team in which Andrew Wiggins, the guy doesn't sweat. I know. We're sweating more now. Like, he plays an NBA game and he's not sweating. Don't tell me it's like a gland issue. It's like, no, bro. You're just not hustling, all right? It's glandular. You're sort of just gliding out there, and you still score 22 a night. Like, imagine if you actually tried and cared. And you got Carl Anthony Towns, and, you know, all this skill. I mean, the, the, the T-Wolves on paper, arguably, have the most talent in the league after the, after the Warriors do. 
And Ian Thibodeau can't just find a way to push the button here. So Butler, a league source, says that has no intentions of signing with Minnesota. He's fed up with a nonchalant attitude of his younger teammates, specifically Carl Anthony Towns. I'm surprised that Wiggins wasn't thrown under the bus in this same thing, but I'm sure it's the same, the same conversation. Not a surprise, uh, big man here. And, you know, Thibodeau's supposedly a great coach, but they just can't make it work in Minnesota for one reason or another. No, and I, I kind of feel bad at this point for Butler because I think all he wants to do is win. I mean, he, he keeps going to these teams and he just keeps having the same problems. Uh, I, I have a great idea for Jimmy. Why doesn't he contact Philadelphia 76 <laughs> a new lease on life here? I, I mean, Gabe, at this point, I'm really getting sick. I mean, what are we doing here with this team? Are we going to go out and go star hunting and really go get a star or what? Uh, but no, Jimmy, look, he's a good player. Um, I would... You know, again, he wants to win, and I don't think he sees a path to, to winning in the Western Conference, particularly with Minnesota. You know, Tom Thibodeau gets all this love about being his great defensive coach and this and that, but, you know, it, it seems like he's always these same problems with his teams. I, I don't quite understand it. Butler's a good player. He'll be, he'll be moving on from uh, Minnesota. It doesn't seem to fit there. He wants to win. They can't win. And, uh, yeah. They're also reporting the Sun-Times is reporting that Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving are already talking about um, uh, finding a place to play together. <laughs> uh, what a surprise! This is a, of course, this is the, this yeah. is the only league where basically yeah. like player they put players run, they, they, these guys run the show. Like you don't have you know what's crazy though it, it, it is yeah, the inmates are running sound. exactly. But Kyrie Irving barely played for the Celtics. He was there. He got hurt, yeah. and it's funny because the Celtics actually have been worried about this. That supposedly the Celtics were willing to trade Kyrie Irving for Kawhi Leonard. And San Antonio need a point guard. It'd yeah. be a perfect fit yeah. with Aldridge and what they got there. Kyrie would be perfect for San Antonio. And, you know, people in the NBA were like, you guys just got Kyrie Irving. And they said he's not going to resign. They said he won't. <laughs> like, he's not going to resign with us. Like, they, they kind of know. This is what's crazy, big man. Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler could be Brooklyn Nets. That's where they might end up. It's pretty crazy. But Kyrie Irving seems to want to be a Brooklyn Net. Well, I, it, I think it's either going to be Brooklyn or the New York Knicks. I, I told you that last night. I think you're right. I think the what Knicks could come into play. Is, I think Kevin Durant will, will be in play. I think he's going. I know you and I talked about this. I think he's going to leave Golden State eventually and go uh, maybe back east and, and, and get closer where he's from and, and try to build a team. But yeah, listen, Kyrie's seemingly always on the move. There's always and you know what's you know what's sick thing anymore about the NBA? It, it's so much buddy buddy crap. Like where, where, exactly. where's the rivalry again? Where, where's the I hate that guy. I don't want to play with exactly. him. Exactly. Like, that's why that's why in a way game and I know you've said this before, you're not a big Joel Embiid fan, but you know, and that's why I'm a big fan of Joel because he doesn't I don't think he pals around buddy buddy with these people. No, he doesn't want to be yeah, yeah, which which I got to respect because in this town we're the same way. Look, if you're not from here, don't come here. I don't want to see you. Um, this is our town. Stay out of here. We don't want to see you. And, and that's how I look at it. And I think Joel does as well. And that's why people love him here. I don't want to be buddy buddy with 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 the Thunder or the Jazz or the the Celtics. We're not buddy buddy. You're another team. We want to beat you. We want to you know, you know. Take you know who of- has that? You know who has that has that attitude is Steph Curry. Steph Curry, you can tell. Steph Curry's one of the few people, and you saw LeBron sort of bump him out of the way once in the finals. Mm -hmm. You saw LeBron tell him, get the F out of my face when Curry said something to him once. Curry never deferred to LeBron. And as you say to big man, it's almost like it's LeBron and they feel bad beating him or something, some people. Or, you know, well, it's LeBron and 
like the Raptors. You know, the Raptors lose, exactly. and you know, after the same thing every year. Well, what what went wrong? Kyrie, Kyrie uh, Lowry just says, "Well, they have LeBron James, and we don't." Yeah, like, that's not that's not an answer. No, you know what I mean? That's that's not that's not a good enough answer. You know, how about you compete with the guy instead of looking up to the guy? And as you stated, that that's the thing. You know, in the old days, uh, big man, there's stories with hockey guys that walk into a steakhouse and they'd see someone that played on the other team and they'd walk right out. They wouldn't even eat in the same damn restaurant as sure. somebody on the other team. Well, yeah. You, no, I'm dead serious. No, you hear the story about Billy Smith when he walked in Gretzky's restaurant. He goes, is anybody else here sick and tired of hearing about the Wayne Gretzky pull, pull over the speakers? Because they play it throughout the restaurant, right? And he was with some Islanders. And that was years ago. I love that stuff. And you and you saw what happened. Ovechkin touched Fleury, and Fleury and him almost had a fist fight before the game in the, in the NHL finals. In the NBA, they're high-fiving hey man see you tonight you shouldn't be talking to the other guy it's crap yeah. it's nuts I mean, charles, every, oakley, every night, charles oakley wasn't hugging no anyone. he was not he was not and every night it's you know let's let's go to the club after the game let's have dinner to, i mean get out of here with that i don't uh, it's a new nba dude you know, danny green danny green i had a heart attack i had a heart attack i lost a lot of money on that series the Spurs blew it, man. They were up with like 13 seconds left. I still don't know how the hell they blew it. I maintain Popovich is not a good in-game coach. He's a he's a genius. He's a Hall of Famer, but he's made a lot of mistakes. I don't know how the hell they blew that series. But anyway, so it was in Miami with LeBron and stuff, and San Antonio beat them once, yep. and they could have beat him again. Like it could have been like the back-to-back years they played. It could have beat him again. They had him on the ropes, and uh, Tony Parker turned the ball over. It was just a train wreck in the last 13 seconds. But anyways. Danny Green of the San Antonio Spurs, he wasn't the only one, but he's the one I remember the most. He went to the Miami Heat party. You imagine that? After, after losing They the lost the championship in and he Miami. Went, they went to their winning party. They had a big party at a club. That's so disgusting. And him and a couple of Spurs went to the Miami Heat party. That's ridiculous. Are you freaking kidding me? Honestly, that's insane. I mean, that's, but you that's a I, great. That's the Spurs. Ian, you think the Spurs would be never do something like that? That's the Spurs, even big man. But, but the thing is, Gabe, I've talked to you about this. They, they don't care. They, it's a business. It's a job for them. It's like when you go to your job, or, or the guy down the street goes to be a dentist every day. Like he, when he's done, he goes home and he doesn't care anymore. They don't care. These new NBA guys, they don't. They don't play like that. It's where can I go? Where can the biggest parties happen? And where can I be the boss at? You know, all this different stupid stuff. They don't care about winning. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about competitiveness. It's about where That's can I That's what's impressive the about the Marcus Cousins. And, he and took guys less money. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. If LeBron James really cared about winning, he could have said, you know what? I'll, I'll play for $22 million. I already have $2 billion. Yeah. I, I'll play for 22 And you know what? I'll go yeah. play with the Nuggets and all yeah. these young guys. But like the thing it's about one, that's one team. The Nuggets, the Nuggets told LeBron, like they called, yeah. and they said, listen, just hear us out. Come out here. Listen to us for an hour here. Look at the roster that we have. Sign a one-year deal. LeBron Sign a one-year deal. That's me. what Denver. I know. And yeah. Denver told them, look, Jamal Murray, Jokic. They I went like, down the roster. I like the Nuggets. They said, we got money. You know, they said, we got money. We can, oh, we can, way, we they, can win. By the way, they just drafted Michael Porter as well. Uh, listen, th- this is a, a guy anymore. And he, Gabe, you know I love LeBron. I'm a big LeBron fan. I, I think he's great. But, again, this is a move about his life. This is not about basketball. It's not about winning anymore. It's about how can I build my global brand to be the next Michael Jordan uh, and sell my shoes worldwide and have my 
my logo on every you know, gym short in America. You know, that's what this is about. This is not about winning. That team's not winning anything. Uh, I don't know what on earth they're doing as far as moves. This is the same Cleveland situation you just left. The, you know, the one that you, you, you couldn't <laughs> exactly. handle? You know, it's the same one. And, and, and arguably it's worse because I don't look at this team right now, this Laker team. What on earth do you have on this team? I mean, really. And you know what? You know what's going to happen, guys? They're going to go out and make some dumb trade to bring Kawhi Leonard in, right? And they're going to get rid of all their young talent, and they're going to have Kawhi, LeBron, and yeah. three league minimum guys, and they're going to try to win, and they're not going to because they're not going to be the Warriors, the Rockets. And, That's uh, why if I was San Antonio, I'd do the deal now because it'll yeah. actually bury the Lakers. It'll be sure. like, fine, you guys will have Kawhi, big deal. We'll take Ingram from you, we'll take Kuzma yeah. from and you, you know we'll what? take Hart, we'll take your pick, and we'll be better than you. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think the Spurs have to realize, if, if you don't make a deal, you're just hurting yourselves because he'll just be a free agent next year and leave and you'll get nothing. So, it's out yeah, of spite. I agree at this point. Yeah. They just don't want to give Kawhi exactly what he no. wants. That's what it is, right. even it's, though it's a good – Because let's be – yeah, but the Lakers deal is the best deal for them. Ingram's damn good. Kuzma's good. Yep. They imagine Ingram with, with Popovich in that system and sliding him in with Aldridge and Kuzma in there. I mean, it's a no-brainer if you're – You know, it's interesting, Gabe. I, I have a new new fact. Like, I always respect LeBron from a basketball perspective. I think he's one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player ever. But at this point with him, I do – kind of want to see him fail because he spurned my town, my city. He didn't, he, he met with us. He met with us because, uh, you know, it might've been already on the books. You don't want to be rude. He knew he wasn't coming here and he met with us just to, to stone us really. And I got a problem with that. I'm pretty pissed off about it, frankly. Uh, so yeah, I would love to see him fail. I hope he fails at this point. He's had enough. He's done enough with his life. Still the best basketball player ever, but I don't understand this move at all whatsoever. I- I don't understand the, the sports books having the Lakers as the third choice. Uh, no, uh, you know, seven to one. Well, this is so, Gabe, it's so stupid, well, man. Yeah, but you know why they're doing that? Because these stupid, delusional, idiotic Laker fans will bet it, and, and that's how stupid they're. They'll actually lay that this Laker team is going to win this many games. They'll obviously play it that this team can compete with the Warriors. They're delusional. They don't know any better. These are people that haven't watched basketball probably in four or five years. But now that LeBron's back, and you know what? LeBron can go out and be with all those other fake people that have moved there to try to beat something and do their own thing. Listen, LeBron's a big name. We all know it. But at the end of the day, this is a hideous basketball decision. It, it really shows that LeBron is ready to ride off into the sunset. What does he think? LeVar Ball's not going to become a problem at some point? Uh, you know, is, what is Luke, what, Luke Walton, are they going to uh, you know, get in between each other there? It, it's, it's a mess to me. Big man on campus. Check him out. Sportsbookreview.com's YouTube page. Videos are up uh, daily. Always a pleasure, big man. Thanks, boys. See you. Have a good one. We'll take a quick break. Cam's got a ton of golf picks uh, for you. Lots. Ton of, ton of golf picks. DFS. We got some baseball DFS later for you. Baseball trends of the day and more. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go.
All right, we were just kidding about bailing because uh, there's a fire in the area. I don't know. It looks like they, the fire burnt our fiber optic our cables. <laughs> Sizzling. God, I hate the internet. So do I. We're at the Greenbrier this week, Gabe. I guess I've made money off the internet over the years. So well, well you do a lot money. of shows off it. Yeah, I know. So I can't hate the internet, but, like, man. So the, can we get through a day without, The inconsistency. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Without getting knocked off or something happening. I get it. I don't know. Like I said, we were no, joking. We're, we're, I don't we, know. Were smooth, we were smoothing all day till, till the last segment. Like I said, like seriously, there was a bunch of like fire trucks right yeah. outside the window. We were kidding about, wow, we better leave now. <laughs> and then, <laughs> next, zap, zap. Next thing I know, it's like, uh, oh, evidently we're off the air for real. Um, so... <laughs> All right, so you better get to your golf picks, Cam. Since, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, Gabe, I give you. I'm going to give you a DraftKings lineup. Uh, I did, for two lineups, and I also got uh, a six pack for you. So we're going to start things off uh, with Russell Henley uh, on my team. He's ten thousand four hundred dollars. This guy's absolutely on fire. T six at the Travelers. He finished fifth in this event at the Greenbrier this week. It's uh, the Greenbrier at Old at Old White, where Phil Mickelson takes his family. I love falconry. Yeah, it's like a big rich. White, it kind of looks like the White House, but it's called the Greenbrier. Anyway, Russell Henley plays well here, $10,400. I actually managed to slip Brian Harmon in my lineup at $9,500. T6 at the Travelers as well. He tied with Henley there, uh, 14th at Fort, Fort Worth. Seven top 10s this year and 15 of 17 cuts. That's vital. You need a guy that's going to play the weekend and get you some birdies. Then we're going to go with Scott Piercy. Very cheap price at $7,600. 12 of 18 cuts. Solid ball striker. Will play well at this venue. It's a ball striker's paradise, and Piercy has a good iron game. If he can get his putter going, that's really good. Ollie Snyder Jans, $7,700. 15 of 20 cuts. Also has two top 10s this year. He's playing pretty good. Our next buddy, this one's for you. <laughs> Listen, Hanger, they're Hanger's doppelganger. named Ted Potter Jr., brother. Ted, po- <laughs> Ted Potter Jr. Take a look at his picture on the PGA. Gabe, I laugh every time. It's our boy Hanger. Potter's got a bit of a fatter face. Anyway, 7600 bucks. He got a top 25 last week, a 23rd in there, too. So Potter, 7600 bucks, and take me to your leader. I got 7200 bucks left with David Lingmurth. So he actually played okay last week. Not a great weekend, but... Very, very cheap at 7200 bucks. So next we're going to go to the Euro-Irish Open. Rory McIlroy is there. A lot of the couple players are going to play in the Irish Open. Gabe talked about it before. You go Irish Open, Scottish Open, and then we have the Open Championship, the British Open. So that's where the golfers are. A lot of guys are staying overseas. We're going to start things off with Shane Lowry, an Irishman at his home course here. T-16, 16-21 cuts. He's $9,100. Watch out for Chris Wood. He's a very talented English player, and he's starting to play a lot better. $8,900 second last week, and he's really trending upward. We're going with another Irishman who played at the University of Alabama. Gabe, he's a blazer. Paul Dunn, 9500 bucks. T7, lots of solid results, lots of top 10s this year. And actually, at 9500 that's not too bad of a price. I thought he'd be closer to ten grand. Julian, don't blame Surrey. $8,100, second last week. Julian Siri is actually like one of the very underrated players on tour and is going to win very soon. Dylan Fratelli, hey, I got to throw in an Italian in there after what Molinari did, T12 last week. And another Brit, a real feisty guy, Eddie Pepperell. Eddie Pepperell at $7,100, T14 last week, 12 to 16 cuts, and also has a win. So those are the picks from the Irish Open. I got the PGA, Gabe in the six-pack. We hit, we hit two weeks in a row. We hit uh, Bubba Watson. We hit Molinari. And now we're going with Tony Finau at 20 to 1. I actually really like him this week. He's played great at the Greenbrier. Russell Henley at 20 to 1. Joachim Neiman at 30 to 1. 
my broy Brian Harmon at 33 to 1. Moops! Ryan Moore. It's Moore's, you idiot. 40 to 1. Jamie Lovemark at 55. And my bomb at 95 to 1. Ollie Snyder Jans. Good work. Good work. Yeah. So hopefully we can get three in a row. The golf's been really good to me and you this year. Yeah, the golf's it's been, been very uh, friendly. The golf's been profitable. Yeah. Uh, that's a good call. I haven't, profitable. I haven't had a big payday, but it's been profitable. So um, we've got uh, we've got a crazy golf story here, actually. Uh, perhaps you've heard the rumor about Ernie Els and Steve Marino. Ernie Els and Steve Marino? Yeah. That's kind of an odd couple. Okay, yeah. continue. So um, they put back uh, a few beers on a plane a few years ago, and there was a rumor that uh, they got into a fist fight. So the rumor has been, and this is uh, thanks to Stooch who's tu- uh, tuning in. <laughs> thanks, Stooch. He just sent us this link. The rumor was substantiated uh, when a friend uh, when a friend of Marino, retired hockey player, Mike Commodore. Wow. So Mike Commodore appeared on uh, Barstool Sports uh, Spitting Chicklets uh, podcast and said, Marino is sitting at a bar crushing some beers. Ernie Els walks in and sits down, and they have a couple of beers. Els is like, what do you do for a living? Els has no clue who he is. Marino is like, actually, um, I'm so many spots ahead of you on the money list. Wow. They both laugh. Ernie likes him. Els then asked Marino if he was playing at a particular tournament and just so what's what we always talk about when you said that Phil Mickelson doesn't know guys' names? He played in a threesome that weekend, and it was, I think, half a barn rat, whatever. He's like, who, who, he thought he was, like, one of the guys to get him, like, water and fetch him, like, a towel and stuff. He yeah. thought he was, like, a worker. Like, people don't realize, like, <laughs> like these this big-time is golfers don't know. So, Steve Marino's on the tour. Steve Marino used to be a good golfer. And like, Ernie L is... sits down <laughs> drinking beer in a bar and says, what do you do for, for a, a living? living. <laughs> who are you? And Marino goes, I'm actually ahead of you. In the uh, point standings. Yeah, I'm actually ahead of in you. In the FedEx point standings, yeah. And Ernie L's can't even make a cut. So Ernie Els starts laughing. laughing. <laughs> Els then asked Marino if he was playing a particular tournament in Japan. When Marino said he was, Els said he'd give him a ride back to Florida on his jet. Three months later, they both make the cut at the tournament in Japan. As they finished the tournament, Marino wasn't sure if Els remembered that he promised him to fly him back yep. in his jet. But then Els says he invited him aboard his plane. Marino, for his part, his part is pumped. He's never flown on a private jet before. Oh, it's good for. I'm happy for Steve. It's crazy. Right? Ernie Al's yeah. got his own plane. Yeah, exactly. Going to Japan. Well, yeah. <laughs> he used to be a winner. All right, so they get on the plane, and it's just the two of them. They're crushing beers. They take off. They have some food, this and that. They're having a blast. Marino's like, this is the greatest time of my life. I'm flying private. I'm crushing beers. They're kind of standing in the aisle or whatever, and Ernie Els comes up to him and says something like, are you having a good time? And uh, Els is like... Uh, now we fight. What? Ernie Els just cold cocks and straight up headbutts him hard. Ernie then starts throwing them all over the plane. The co-pilot comes back out screaming. You gotta be kidding me! At this, <laughs> at this point, one of the hosts cuts in and mentions that the pilot said something along the lines the- of, uh, "Ernie, not again." Not again. <laughs> Indicating that Els has a penchant for such behavior. Marino, apparently covered in blood, decided to uh, try to get some sleep. At some point, he wakes up, and Ernie Els, Ernie Els is towering over him, <laughs> just strokes him. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. The co-pilot, again, then intervened in full parental mode, threatening, apparently, to ground the plane. Then the two went to their separate corners and didn't speak for the rest of the flight. When the plane landed, Marino went to get off. Commodore said, Ernie's there waiting at the bottom of the stairs, and... Ernie's like, uh, great flight, Steve. We'll see you around. 
Commodore also added it was confirmed Marino lost a tooth in the fight. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Insane, right? Ernie Els, a guest on the No Laying Up podcast, essentially confirmed the tale. Yeah, it was just me and myself, Steve, coming back from Japan to Palm Beach. We had a lot to drink. There was a, there was a lot to talk about. We kind of just hugged each other. It was a love fest on the airplane. Nobody got seriously injured. It was all in good fun. It's just what guys do uh, when there's a lot of testosterone running. Really? So <laughs> the next time we fly together, I could just pu- punch you in the teeth and, like, knock out a tooth, and that's what we do? Ernie Els is, like, a, a, like the leader of, like, autism club. Like, he's, like, we're supposed to be one of the nicest, like, guys on tour. Like, this is, that's what I'm talking about. So, so Ernie Els basically. I like that Marino's having some beers. They have a nice dinner. <laughs> I know. And Marino tells him, this is great, the best time of my life. This is awesome. And Ernie Els tells him, now we fight. Now we And Al, Ernie, it sounds like Festivus. Ernie Els headbutts him. And the co-pilot's got to come out and say, Ernie, yeah. you got to stop, like, attacking people so, on the plane. This is what Ernie Els does. He befriends, like, ba- like lower-tiered golfers and bites them for a plane ride, gets them drunk, and beats them up. This is what he does on the side for fun. I'm telling you, this guy's crazy. You got, you got to be kidding. I've me. always thought golfers were real straight and all that, but I'm, no, I'm starting no. to learn over they're, the years. No, they're they're not jobs. No, they aren't. They're they not are. jobs. They're no, not jobs. I know a lot of guys that I grew up with play golf. They're the most insane people you meet. Like when it comes to gambling, when it comes to everything, like Adultering, they're animals. They're cheaters. Oh, exactly. Animals. Exactly. animals. <laughs> they're and everything they do, they do to excess. If they like drugs, they do lots of drugs. If they drink, they drink lots. If they're adulterers, they bang so tons seems, of women. It seems to me that the PGA Tour, Ernie all El- the caddies are smoking weed on the. On well, it the, used to be. It used to be hardcore. Yeah, like Robert Garrigus. Remember, he's a. Boy I know the Christian. The, the PGA go, actually yeah. told the caddies, "You guys got to stop smoking oh. weed on during oh. tournaments." Oh, they had card games. <laughs> yeah. They had card games. Those guys are getting stoned and stuff. They got early. They had early tea times. Robert Garrigus is a born again, but he used to be, he used to smoke so much weed. He'd go in those portalettes and. And they, as like a fan, they saw like smoke coming out. Eh? They're like, what the hell's going on there? Garrigus is just blowing huge joints. I'll see you guys on the next tee. Like, it was just like, there's a well, lot people, of things going on on tour that people daily, don't know about. People talk about Daly being a booze bag, no, but they're, they're, all, Daly, they're all booze bags. Daly drinks Diet Cokes now. I went out to Niagara Falls with him and uh, did that. That was actually one of the biggest claim to fames in my my life under pressure where I gave John, bet John Daly, I bet him 100 bucks, and I hit a 30-foot putt on the first time, and he couldn't believe it, and I go, it was for charity, so I gave him the money, and he's like, cool, and then I went to the Canadian Open, it was next week, and I'm like, hey, John, I thought he was going to, like, brush me off, he's like, hey, hey, how you doing, Red, like, that was a big putt that you hit there, whatever, right, and it was like, I, he actually, he was really cool to me, that's when I saw, like, uh, the, the band from Rush was giving... Uh, um, uh, Rocco Mediate, he's a big guitar player, right? So he was at the tournament too. So Getty Lee and all those guys were there. They, you should have seen the guitar. They signed it, his guitar and stuff. There's a lot of weird stuff that goes on at golf. People think it's just a bunch of like rich guys playing and stuff, but behind the scenes, there's a a lot more going on than you think. Didn't um, were you there? Was at the time John Daly hit a ball over Niagara Falls? Yeah, I would know that. Yeah, that was that, no, that was another time. He didn't make it. <laughs> no, no, it's like. Dude, you're not even close. The best is the cameras at the network. They try to show it's like me. Like, no, it's not. John, you're not going to hit the ball over Niagara Falls. No, that was another thing. No, he was just pimping some course in uh, Niagara Falls. He owns. He's a part owner of a course called uh, Thundering Waters. I'm a John Daly fan. I love John Daly. He was really nice to me. You should see his trailer. Well, we got too. we got Arkansas cheaters. Razorbacks everywhere. They all cheat on the tour. This this story is great. Ernie L's just like Ernie L's. Ernie L's sucker headbutts him out of the blue. Just headbutts him. To the point that Marino's covered in blood, the co-pilot's got to come out and say, I'm going to land the plane. And the fact that they're like, Ernie, not again. 
That's the thing. It's like so, you said, he's suckering guys in. You need to ride back, Steve and everyone's going to be Steve like. Steve Marino's like just a guy trying to get a paycheck. He's enjoying a meal, a couple drinks on Els's jet, and then he gets beat up. Like, what's what's with Els? Does he just, like, turn on you? Like, I thought he was like, they call him the Big Easy. He's supposed to be like a big, friendly giant. He's a killer. Like, that's the thing, man. This South African guy is more of a rugby player, right? Yeah. Ernie Els. Like, Gabe, that's the last. Like, if you were to say who's the last guy on tour that would, like, say I want to like, fight you. I like I like that he doesn't deny it either. He's like, no, no. no. We just, yeah. He goes, we had some fun and, you know, had a couple of drinks. And <laughs> Do they do things differently in South Africa? You get drunk and just, like, try to knock the other guy's teeth out? Is that, like, part of the fun? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. The big easy. I want to. Steve Marino's a pretty big guy. You know what? Ernie Els is a monster too. Like he's like six four. Like he's a real big dude. Steve Marino's. A, he used to be a little bit wider. Think about but on a private Ernie plane. Ernie Els is a big dude. Those like, planes are small. You shouldn't be rolling around and fighting on a plane. No. How's the pilot doing? <laughs> Ernie Els. <laughs> want to fight? <laughs> yeah, you got any picks? Oh, yeah, I got for uh, baseball. Yeah, the Jays minus one fifteen. Dodgers minus one and a half. Angels plus one hundred. Game. Have fun with the DFS, brother. All right, we'll have DFS, Major League Baseball trends, Mark and Watch. Best friends of the day and more continues.